Brad, would you come on up to talk a little bit more about our testimony, about how God has changed us. He's changed Brad in different ways than he's changed me. When I rolled in here um, many years ago, I came with baggage. I came with the baggage of pain of great loss uh, in my family. I came with a hard, a hard driven attitude, which is kind of how I was wired, but did not understand that God was taking me through a change in my own life. And God used Grace Fellowship. And I can look out here, I see people in this room that God used you in my life profoundly to shape me. Grace Fellowship is that place where that can happen. And now serving here at Grace is one of the most amazing honors of my life. And one of the things that have been so, so good is the uniqueness that we have in this body of having a long-term tenured pastor who's been here almost from the very beginning. In fact, the only full-time pastor this church has uh, knew uh, as a lead pastor. And many of you may not know this, but the tenure, the average tenure for a pastor is about four years. And Pastor Brad has served now 27, 27 years. Now, yes, praise God for that. This is not all leading up to them, him saying, I'm leaving. Yeah. So if you're getting so, nervous, that's not where this yeah. is headed. I was actually on I'm purpose. I'm not going listening. anywhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Brad. Some of you are very sad now, but some yeah. of you are glad. Yeah. Just kind of wanted you to relax. So, so on purpose, I didn't tell them that because I wanted them to stay awake. All right? All right? Yeah, but they look sick to yeah, their stomachs. Right, so, yeah. 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 I just felt bad for the flock. But one of the things that has been great about working with Brad, not only as an elder, but up close, I've seen him exemplify, and I don't want to pump sunshine. He's not a perfect man, but I want you to know this. This man that God gave Grace Fellowship has never been about building a church around a messenger. It's not about him. It's always been about the message. And the methods that we use to preach the word, to shepherd the body, there's multiple methods, lots of M's in this, all right? But there are lots of that. And here's the thing, we didn't wake up one day and find out like, well, here we are, how did we get here? The reality is God arranged opportunities for change through the years that allowed us to grow and change, change and grow. So Brad, I know that you know some of these changes longer than mine because mine, I've been here about 18 years. But some of those changes through the years that today we actually look at as kind of like, oh, that's normal, that's who we are. But you rolled in here and it was already like that, you didn't know. And some of those things, when they were thrust upon you, for those of you who've been here, you kind of wondered, mm -hmm. like, what in the world with change, what is this going to do to our church family? Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Well, from the very beginning, which was 1995, for those of you that haven't been here long, the elders and I, the reason I was excited about this group is the elders and I embraced a model and structure for the church 
that was focused on changed lives. Now, I know if you're here, you'd think, duh. It's not duh. Lots of places are focused on ministries and all kinds of other stuff. And I was attracted to this group of elders and leaders. They, they want to change lives. Not how big could we get, not all the ministry could start. We want to see changed lives. And so from the very beginning, I said, yes, change lives, yes. But oh, here's what I did not see coming. For a guy that does not like change. I don't like change. So if you're sitting there thinking, I don't like change, oh. Here's what I didn't realize. The, the model and structure that we adopted to see changed lives has been adjusted and altered and significantly changed multiple times throughout the years so that we could keep seeing changed lives. You gotta keep in mind what do you need to be open to changing and what cannot change. But some things do have to change and they have. But if you're like me, let me help you know, when I say I don't like change, I'm that guy that ate the same lunch. Not similar, same, for eight years. Eight, why? Because I like it, and I don't have to think about it. Set it and forget it. That's my lunch. Every day. Every day. Every day. To where in 2011, I had a throat condition. I couldn't figure out what's going on. Every day felt like I'd just come back from youth camp. When I came back from youth camp, there was this terrible, you know, I've screamed, I've yelled, I've taught, I've stayed up late, I've sweated. This is how I sound, but it was that way every week, and I was starting to lose my voice after every Sunday. So I met with doctors and specialists for two years, blood work, tests, all this stuff, to finally have someone say to me, your body is reacting to and is allergic to white chicken meat, brown rice, black beans, fresh spinach, fresh carrots, and almonds. I said, that's what I eat every day for lunch. They said, you can't do that. <laughs> I didn't know that. So that's, that's extra. If you're doing that, stop. I doubt there's anybody else yeah. doing it, but I'm like, you're kidding me. I didn't know you can't do that. Guess what? Regarding model and structure and methods, you can't just set it and forget it. I wish. You can't just set it and forget it. The elders throughout the history of our 27 years now have continually revisited the model and structure and methods of how we do what we do while we keep trusting God to do what only he can do change lives. In other words, what I mean is the structure we put in place for 100 people was no longer effective at 500. So we prayed and thought and wrestled. And the structure we put in place for 500 was not effective for 1,000. What we put in place for 1,000 was no longer effective at 2,000 so that we've continually revisited how we do what we do while holding on to and keeping the same big rocks, mission, and doctrine. Yeah. So you and I have talked about how God has thrust upon Grace Fellowship these crossroads at times that look like the obstacles turned out to be opportunities, which required us to change our methods through the years. Um, can you talk about specifically what you recall some of those things? Because many here may not know what oh, yeah. those things are. Yeah. All of you wouldn't know, but our 27-year history now is filled with the elders having to stop and pray and revisit and wrestle with how we do what we do. When I found this group of people, this original cluster of families, they had already moved from a living room to a conference room with the Synergy Power Company to the library at Turkey Foot Middle School. And you realize each one of those moves, they'd already lost a few people who said, oh, this is gonna change who we are, it's not as intimate, it's not this, it's not that. But they had 35 adults and a ton of kids meeting every Sunday at Turkey Foot 
middle school library when I found them. But when word got out that a full-time pastor was coming, that I had said yes, they spiked to 100. And 100 people wouldn't fit in the library, so they had to move to the cafeteria where even though we didn't have a live worship team, we were singing to a cassette tape player with a microphone propped in front of it. How many of you were there for that? Such good worship. (laughs) Not. (laughs) And even though we were singing to a cassette tape player, after three years of singing to a cassette tape player and preaching biblical messages and doing counseling, this was kind of new. I said, let's do counseling. Let's not just preach. Let's do counseling at close range with real people with real problems and help them. And let's have people in community groups. I know that doesn't sound novel now, but it it was different back then at close range, engaging one another with God's word and God's spirit, and we grew. We grew singing to a cassette tape player so that we could not fit in Turkey Foot Middle School, and the elders made the decision to go to Dixie High School that was built in 1938 and had no air conditioning in any of the classrooms where babies and children were just dripping wet when the mamas picked them up. But despite all that, After two years, on an Easter Sunday in the year 2000, we had a record attendance of 350 people. The auditorium seats 250. And so the elders prayed and wrestled and talked and decided to go to two services. Now, you're sitting here thinking, whatever. Not whatever back then. Oh, there were people that said, oh, no, we can't do this. This is terrible. We won't know each other. It'll be like two different churches. Ha, 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 it'll change who we are. But we thought we should do this, change the structure and the method, trusting God to keep changing lives. And people kept loving each other. People kept serving and doing counseling. And people kept inviting their lost friends and neighbors and coworkers because there was a space and a seat for them. And God continued to change lives until two years later, Dixie said, uh, we're going to change. We're going to renovate this whole place. Yay, put in AC. But we need you to get out, boo. And we beat the bushes and prayed and fasted. And the only place we could find to go was Scott High School. And so the elders made the decision to make that change. But that's nowhere near Dixie High School, I hope you realize. It's like this isn't on a human level great. People have been coming from this area around Dixie. Now we're going to Scott. And we lost some people with the change. But we kept our big rocks, our doctrine, and our mission the same. And God continued to change lives at Scott High School. And we grew to 650 people. And we've been saving money forever and taking special offerings forever. And the elders decided prayerfully and carefully for the first time ever to build our own facility on this property. And maybe you'd say, yay. Everyone said yay. Everyone didn't say yay. Some people said, oh, no, this is going to change who we are. I thought we were going to be different. Why do we need a building? Let's not spend money like that. There's a creek on the property. It's a steep hill. Bad idea. I vote no. The elders moved ahead with changing and saying, let's have our own facility. And in January 2004, we moved into this place. Same big rocks, same doctrine, same mission, And one of our favorite things is we're like, oh my goodness, to us this room was ginormous. We can go back to one service together as a church family on Sunday. And we did that for six Sundays. (laughs) You know, because believe it or not, Thank you, you pioneers that duked it out in the schools and no AC. We, I, almost, I laugh now. I would meet people in the aisle and they'd say, yeah, I visited you back in. And they'd name the school and now they were here. I wanted to say, get out. If you couldn't be with us at the school. <laughs> but believe it or not, 
that movie, If You Build It, They Will Come? Yeah, sorta. But we didn't change our big rocks, our doctrine, or our mission, and we grew. And God continued to change lives. After six Sundays, we had over 1,000 people. So the elders carefully and prayerfully decided to go to two services again, meeting here. And five years later, we had 1,800 people. And so we prayerfully and carefully decided to go to three services. You realize I preached three services for 14 years. But we never changed our doctrine, our big rocks, our mission, and God kept changing. I tell people all the time, some pastors criticize me because they assume since we're big, we've compromised. It's a your best life now message, surely. I don't know why this many people keep coming. I think it's hard. We preach all the Bible and we still want to make disciples. This is not a place to just hide and hang out, but God keeps bringing people and changing lives so that in 2011, we were out of parking. I don't know if you remember that. Visitors, the greeters and the ushers were telling us are circling the parking lot and leaving. They're not staying because they can't find a spot close to the front door. So we started shuttling people from a bank a mile away and offering Chick-fil-A coupons for, for riding the shuttle, but it was mainly just my wife and kids and a few Green Berets. Most of you would not ride the shuttle. You didn't care about visitors. No, I'm just kidding. But it wasn't working. It's like, oh my goodness, this isn't working. It's just too crowded, too complicated. And so in 2011, the elders, Rob was an elder, the elders took a year. You guys, we don't just like, oh, in a weekend say, let's do this. We took a year to pray and talk and think and say, what should we do? God is changing lives. We don't want to change doctrine, big rocks, or mission And we decided we did not want to incur huge debt. Way back then, about the only model that anyone knew of was build a bigger sanctuary with a parking garage and go mega. And we said, we don't want to be a mega church. We actually think lives are changed best at close range and smaller is better. And so as we prayed and talked and wrestled, we discovered a model called multi-site where you go to where the people are. And we said, we like that. We'll go to the communities where our people live and it'll be easier to invite their friends and neighbors and coworkers, but we'll stream the message over there. We will not change the big rocks. We won't change our doctrine. We won't change our mission, but we'll change our model and structure and we'll do multi-site. And some people said, oh no, this will change who we are. This is not good. You cannot have a sermon streamed. It has to be live. And some people left, but God continued to change lives. And we sent out Peter LaRufa, big change in 2013 with 100 people to Newport to start that second site. Then we relocated it to Fort Thomas two years later where it's grown to 450 people and they had to go to two services as God keeps changing lives. So that in 2020, we prayed again. We took a year to pray, the elders, and said, where's another area that perhaps God would use us and lead us? And we sent out Eric Northrup in 2020 with 150 great people, to start a third site in Independence that has grown to 500 and gone to two services as God continues to change lives so that we're one church with three locations where God is changing lives and our big rocks, our doctrine, and our mission has remained absolutely the same. Yeah. So you've heard lots, there's been lots of changes. You've talked about those changes. And you have several times said there's some things that have stayed the same, but let's, let's come back to that. What has actually stayed the yeah. same? I hope you heard it. I tried to be repetitive. <laughs> Big rocks, doctrine, 
mission. There's never been a point, and, and it's like, were you there, Brad? I was there. I've been here the whole time. I've been in every elders meeting. We've never revisited our big rocks and said, should we change that? We've never revisited doctrine and said, should we change? But we continually have thought through, all right, what about the model and structure so that God can keep changing lives? These things have stayed the same. Even our love, I hope you appreciate this, our love for simple church. We're not trying to have dozens of ministries. How much can we do? Our heart is still the preached word, the counseled word at close range, the discussed and applied to life word and community groups. We're a pretty simple church. We believe God is still using that to change lives and we continue to resist the pressure from others saying, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you have this, why don't you? We're seeing God use what we've kept the same. God's word at close range, preached, discussed in small group. These things have not changed at any point. So we're a multi-site church, one church represented in three locations. And all these changes. So what is next? Did you see the little video I made? What's next? Yeah. Here it is. So again, the elders have taken a year to pray and discuss and think through. And we are excited this fall and on into 2023, the new year, Lord willing, we're we're going to begin to, here's what's going to change in our model and structure The preacher will begin to preach from each of our campuses instead of just at Florence. Couple things that we think will be really good is that Pastor Peter, who's a gifted communicator on the preaching team, will be able to stay at his campus. He preaches 12 to 15 Sundays a year and every time he does, he has to come to Florence. This is the only place you can preach from. Now he'll preach from his own site at Fort Thomas, keeping him with his church family and his campus all year long. The other thing is in, so he'll begin this fall doing that. Then in the new year, Lord willing, I will begin to preach from all the campuses. And Vicki will go with me. I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings. But every time I'm not preaching here, I try to go to one of those other campuses. I love the whole church family. Sorry. I still, believe it or not, I still try to learn the names of every single person at all three campuses. So I can call them by name. I still, and Vicki does too, I pray for all the prayer requests every Sunday from all three campuses. And Vicki and I actually love people. I don't hide in my, my office in between services and eat a Snickers bar and power up. I walk around trying to meet people. Who did you bring? You probably see me laying hands on people and praying. I love the spontaneous, in-the-moment ministry that happens in person on a Sunday. And this will allow Vicki and me to be with our whole church family. So, and it'll also allow us to be one church with three campuses that all have a similar ministry Sunday experience of some in-person preaching and some streamed preaching. But it's never been about the person. It's about God's word. And so each campus will still have a full-time campus pastor. Brian Fannin will be here every Sunday at Florence. Peter will be at Fort Thomas every Sunday. Jason will be at Independence every Sunday. Each campus will have live worship team. Each campus has community groups. Each campus has biblical counseling. And each campus will experience a mix of in-person. That way the speaker can engage with people at the other sites who would love to know. I have people run up to me and say, I love what God is doing at Grace Fellowship. My life has been changed. I've never had a chance to meet you. And it's not all about me But people like engaging us. I like engaging the people. And so that's where we're headed, Lord willing, 
This fall, Peter will begin to preach from his campus, and it'll be streamed here. 2023, some of you were praying for me. I just went away to Potter's Ranch this week for three days to plan out. So as I planned out the preaching, I'll go ahead and tell you what's going to happen. More Luke. Oh, didn't see that coming. More Luke. (laughs) In summer 2023, Ecclesiastes. How about that? And then I'm going to kick off the new year. The elders and the leaders have said, Brad, go back and preach some of the stuff we've taught before, but we got so many new people. So I'm going to kick off the new year with Idols of the Heart. That was 11 years ago. Oh, good. Good. 11 years ago now, I did that series in 2012, and so many of you said that changed my life. It changed my life. So I'm going to do Idols of the Heart, Luke, Ecclesiastes, and then a great incarnation series at Christmas. But I am so excited. I I hope you know I don't think about the past. I love seeing pictures of the service on the land and thinking, oh, my goodness, that picture we put in that video. I said, that's Amy Marksberry with a little ponytail standing there. There's Jerry Nash singing. He still looks the same. He's like, wow, what are you drinking? What are you eating? There's Jer Bear. He hadn't changed at all in 27 years. But I don't just reminisce. It's what's next. I believe our church family is postured to make a huge impact in this dark decade. Because as things are blowing up, I think we need churches who are about changed lives. Not a dog and pony show, not your best life now. God's word at close range in all the ways we do it with counseling, group, and preaching. So thank you for praying. Thank you for giving money. Thank you for serving. But let me add this. Thank you for adjusting and growing and changing regarding method and structure so that we can keep seeing changed lives. Some of you, as I told that story, some of you lived through every one of those changes that I touched on. Some of you lived through them all, and you recall at different points people thought, oh no. Some of you have lived through a few of them. For others of you, this will be the first significant change in our model or structure that you've experienced. But I want you to understand Changing and adjusting our model and structure and method has been a part of our history from the very beginning while we keep doctrine, big rocks, and mission the same to the glory of God. So I've got one thing I want to say to the Florence campus before we sing. Uh, I don't think that it's appropriate for me to say to you that Florence is the best campus. (laughs) But I can point to some things that you need to know about. This has been the body. This particular local representation of Grace Fellowship has sent out 350 people. That's right. 350 Good ones. from this body. Yeah. Some of our best to start these other campuses. And so change is being thrust upon you. And some of you might be a little like, what is this going to do? I'll tell you what I believe it's going to do. It's going to cause us to cling to Christ more fully and to know his faithfulness fresh and new. So I invite you to join me in that. Join me in praying for that, that God will bless this body, continue to bless this body as we seek to be an effective witness for his glory.